He was pretty gawky looking. Uh, I was going to say, I mean. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to the One Trick Hero Podcast. Uh, my name is Paxpose, and uh, I'm your host, as always. And with me, as always, is... Oh, Boxio. shit! New Twitch Prime loot. A dead mouse PUBG crate. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Good. Nothing but the best for Twitch Prime. Yeah, uh, I'm going to fix mouse. my hair on stream here. Oh, wait. It's uh, Dead Mal 5? Yeah, the Dead Mal 5 pack. Yeah, you want to you get that. that. Um, anyways, uh, this is episode 20. Didn't think we were going to make it this long, but we did. Um, what episode... did you think was going to happen before 20 episodes? I don't know. One of us was going to die. Or, uh, I don't what know. What did you make the title for this one? Uh, I just, um, for the playoffs and for finals, I'm just putting the, what it is. So this is playoff Rambo oh, okay. week one. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I figure we might as well keep it on topic for this for at least of to it at least in the title, Fuck. anyways. Yeah, thought we were gonna thought this was the cast we were gonna rate pizza rolls. Dude, are there other pizza rolls than Totino's? Probably. Do I, I know of them? I don't think no. so, man. I don't know. I think Totino's has that market cornered. <laughs> Totino's man. is king. Totino, dude. Okay, so I have. No, there's um, definitely like there used to be at least like hot pocket ones and a few other brands. I there's think. um, Eliso one time gate got me um. It wasn't Totino's. It was like great value brand or something. And you can taste the difference. It's not Totino's. What if that was their tagline? Like great value? You can taste the difference. But in a bad way. In a bad way. Yeah. Like a self-depreciating tagline for a food product. That'd be good. Um, but, But no, we're not. We're not here to talk about pizza rolls. We're here to talk about the playoffs. The week one of the playoffs um, did the not go. It did. Yeah. The quarterfinals. It did not go the way we wanted it to uh, either you or I, uh, but it did. Yeah. go. Did. Um, so uh, the, the matchups was um, Philadelphia fusion versus Boston uprising. And then uh, yep. La- London spitfire versus Los Angeles gladiators. Um, the uh, Los Angeles valiant, as well as New York, uh, Excelsior, they are the top seed, so they did not have to basically vie to get into the grand finals, of course. Um, so the matchup of Philadelphia Fusion versus Boston, um, Philly ended up beating Boston. Um, and the way, and yeah. just as, as a refresher in case anybody doesn't know, the way the games worked is there was um, there was three, I think you'd call them sets, or three matches. How, how, how would you I say mean, that? Three games? What would I say? I'd say, I'd say... Yeah, the whole thing is a series, and each one was a game or a match. That's so, how I would say. So it. basically, it was this. It was the typical best of. It was best of five for. But um, but each one of those was a best of three. Right. So or basically, no, 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 no. Wait, each no, one no. was a was best, it a of, best five. of three. No, best of five. Yeah, each one of those was a best of five. Yeah. It was a best of three of a best of fives. Exactly. So it was a best yeah. of fives on each game that they met up and there was three separate games in a set or a series basically um, well if yeah whoever got two first of whoever yeah. got two best of five victories first was the winner exactly That's why it's a best of three best of fives best, best of five best of three i don't oh my god <laughs> hold on a second i'm gonna actually pull up the uh it was a best up, of three of best of fives up. okay hold on. who's this the best explains... of the best of the best all right here we goes uh, each series is a best, so it's a series. Uh, each series is a best of three matches. Each match is a best of five maps. 
Okay. So each yeah, match, five maps were played, best of the five won the match, and then out of those matches, you had to win two out of three. There was three total matches you could do. Um, well, so, but, but not with every one was there five maps. Cause well, well, exactly. Only if, only if it was 2-2 two, two and then tiebreaker. Exactly. Um, so what we were left with, the first the first ones up was uh, Philadelphia Fusion versus uh, Boston Uprising. And, on Wednesday. Uh, on we- yeah. yeah, Wednesday was um, Philly and Boston, and then it was London versus uh, LA Gladiators. On that first yep. day, Philly beat Boston pretty handedly. I gotta say, three to one. Yeah, th- three to one. And then Boston, uh, Boston looked. Um, I mean, they looked all right because they won one map, but it was pretty, pretty much just the the Philly show on that day. Yeah, as a Boston fan, it was kind of disheartening. To, uh, I mean, as a Boston yeah, fan, well... here, hold, on, hold on, I gotta. Got to rep the, uh, the official sponsor us. of uh... Death Start in Boston. No, but so. it's it's Dunkin' Donuts has been like the official sponsor for anything Robert Kraft related for a while now. So, oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't they, know that. They're like the sponsor for the Patriots and like. Did he like work for Dunkin'? Dunkin' Donuts is definitely a New England thing. That's I mean it's not only there, and I don't know if it even started there, but it's definitely been a New England. I think thing it started on the East Coast because it wasn't on the West. It's definitely Coast it was definitely East Coast, but I don't remember if it was or... New England. Um, yeah, but anyways, uh, Boston didn't perform up to par, at least in my at least in my opinion. All not throwing anything against Philadelphia, they played exceptionally well. Um, yeah, Philly had one of their hot, their hot, their hot streak. Yeah, well, th- this is going back to what you and I had talked about before, where it's like Philadelphia is that uh, Philadelphia Philadelphia is that team that just like is on or off, and it sucks yeah. so much when they're on. Because they're really good. But well, unless you're a Philly fan. Well, unless you're a Philly fan, of course. But, I mean, how many Philly fans do we know? Besides Solid End, because he has to be for color scheme. <laughs> yeah, but he's only a fan because <laughs> of the colors. It doesn't really count. Um, I mean, there's a lot of Philly fans. No, they, I mean, there is. I just meant that we know. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, anyways. I don't think I know anyone. So, uh, and then, so the game after that on, that, on Wednesday was uh, Spitfire versus Gladiators. And Gladiators swept the floor. Oh, yeah. That, they on fucking... Wednesday. That was they, like nasty. They were like really good. Really fucking stomped them. Yeah, it was a it was a good show by pretty much everybody. The only notable um person that wasn't there was obviously Fissure. Um what was the what was the reasoning for Fissure not being in? The official what did he say exactly? Do you remember? Cuz he gave uh, he gave the reasoning, the, right? The, the that he wasn't official in. the official like uh, reasoning was that um I remix performed better in scrims in the current meta for playoffs than Fissure was. So Fissure took a step back to let I remix play because he thought it was better for the team. There's a lot of rumors on the back end about other shit that he also went into some clarification from, you know, like, like I told you, uh, he, he said, this is from Fissure, but he said on, um, he said that he was asked by management if he would prefer to be on a team that had all Koreans oh, or if right. he would prefer, yeah. right? And then he said, well, it's better communication if everybody speaks one language. So he thought they were asking, you know, if if he wanted them, like if they were going to rebuild that team, for instance, if they should get rid of all the players that aren't Korean and just go for a full Korean roster for the Gladiators. And according to what I read, he said that... Um, he would rather just go to a different team than have the Gladiators 
pull apart the roster just for his sake. Yeah. You know, because he thought the roster is really good and didn't deserve to be broken up just for yeah. his. And apparently that came out and people were saying, oh, he, he, he asked to get transferred to a different team and all this other shit. I don't know. You know, I think most of that is, is still like a lot of rumor mill but, stuff. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, I mean, maybe that will happen, but it seems like it was just a miscommunication between, you know, he didn't understand their question, but he's not as far as, as far as officially, I don't think they've stated that he's benched forever. Or anything It's just through the playoffs because our remix was performing better in scrims, which and I mean, Fisher himself said that. So, yeah, which, know. well, even if maybe he was they performing... should have tried harder to get Fisher <laughs> for Fisher to work better in scrims. Cause, uh, not that I don't. I don't think the loss for the Gladiators was. I don't think Iremix is to blame entirely. I think because so so. Before I get into that, the Saturday where the series finished. Oh, I'm. So, I was gonna say actually, I'm sorry, but we're jumping the gun right now. Just so everybody knows, even though Los Angeles did beat Spitfire handily on Wednesday, that Saturday, even. that three zero, that Saturday, they London, got London got six out of and defeated yeah. both 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 matches, so it's pretty bad. But anyways, <laughs> go ahead and continue. Sweep. Continue. Well, and Boston also lost, or no, Boston won the second series. Boston the, won the, the second the, series, the and, second series of maps, and, and then or tied it up. the second match, and then tied it one to one, and then they lost the third one. Yeah, but it, the third one was still three one. So yeah. Boston looked a bit better on Saturday. Mistakes, I think, was Friday. playing Friday. Friday, yeah, yeah. right. Because it was Friday and then yeah. Saturday for the yeah. London and Gladiators. Anyway, uh, mistakes did look better uh, than he did on Wednesday. Because I think on Wednesday he, it seemed like their DPS wasn't really showing up to, uh, as much as they should. Yeah. Yeah. Then they kind of stepped it up on Friday, but it wasn't enough. Philly just was looking real good. Philly was destroying, man. It was Carpe and EQO just really playing at a high and, well, level. And okay, I know we're going on a bunch of tangents right now, but I feel like a good portion of that was because um, the lack of tracer. Like, um, and this is kind of like I'm sorry, it's just not a like tracer still has her uses, but it's not the way tracer's played now. At least in the league, tracer has her place, but it, she's kind of used sparingly. She's used. Yeah, she's in, become more of a niche pick. She, yeah, basically, there's certain comps that run her, and she's still very good for that. But she's not in every comp. Whereas in the previous meta, she was literally pivotal in almost every single role, or every single mm -hmm. um, um, composition. So, and I think that was Boston was really, really hanging on Striker's incredible tracer play. But now that tracer isn't as isn't basically tracer is now no longer what you look like like what Lucio used to be where Lucio was a mainstay in every single thing you know they've kind of taken more of a, a role for certain comps and I think Boston was really relying on that and Stryker is that's not taken away from Stryker being a good player but when it came to the widow battles I mean Carpe won almost all the time and then as far as flexibility oh, yeah, Carpe and EQO are more flexible in my opinion than Stryker and, and Mistakes Nothing against striker mistakes, but when it came to, you know, making the hard swaps and and uh, counter picking and stuff like that, I think they were at a disadvantage. Do you think that's the main thing to hamstring them? Is, is the tracer not being as reliable of a and stable as a, of a pick? I feel like it, I feel like it had to have been, and then I I Do you think that was the main thing that helped that that was holding them down in stage four too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the other thing is, I think they were, they were using that for so long that when 
the meta switched it up, when metas changed up, they didn't have a whole lot else in their back pocket, so they were kind of starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what it, that's what it looks like on the outside. I mean, who knows what it, the actual issue is, but that's what it seems like from the outside. Is as soon as the tracer wasn't a deal, wasn't the big deal anymore, they were struggling to get their you know their foothold on anything. Now they still had incredible strategies, and I mean, um, Gamsu is still amazing uh, at, at his tank role, and Mistakes has been doing really good, and Neko and No, all of the and Kellex have all been doing good, but it's just it wasn't quite enough to be on the very top. So I mean, at the end of the day, I'm sad that Boston lost to Philly, but. I mean, they kind of deserve to. I mean, they just weren't playing up to what 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 you what you would need to beat uh, Nixel, in my opinion. So, yeah, it's just if you know. if Boston had if if Philly had been not as hot and had lost to Boston or Boston had beat them, but looked the same strength that Boston looked right. Like yeah. if Philly just wasn't, yeah. I think I think we can agree Boston would have got, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Pretty handily. I mean, dispatched. I mean, by maybe Nixon. within the next few weeks they could have, you know. Well, we thought they'd be better because they had time for preparation, and they seem to be. I think they were so. I mean, this is my opinion. This is not a verifiable fact or anything. But my opinion is that they were relying so heavily on that tracer carry and on those comps based around that that when the meta changed, they had nothing. So they were starting from scratch, and so they could. They, yeah. They've barely been able to keep up. That's that's what I think is the been the issue. I think I think that's probably right, and it happens. Uh, but it I happens didn't mean in... I didn't mean to detract from your gladiators thing. We were we were talking something. Oh, Fissure uh, Fissure and Remix said something to do. With oh, that. yeah. Well, they're so lost. they're lost. They're they're six zero. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I don't think it's like oh man, they would have won if if Fissure played. I think personally, I'm I am a Fissure fan, so I'm biased. I think they would have stood a better chance. But I mean, I agree. You know. Yeah. Fisher thought he wasn't performing well. The team made a decision, and you know that's their decision to make. So, yeah. was it the wrong one? They might have lost anyway. Maybe they would have got some more series or, or some more map wins. But uh, the the thing I think is just I I don't know if they would have won anyway with the way London decided to perform on Saturday. I think any any team that didn't expect them to perform at the level they did might have lost to them just because yeah. the difference between how they played on Wednesday, they played Wednesday and they got they got destroyed, and then they clearly took the time they had from Wednesday to Saturday to really fix whatever the issues were and um, you know come back stronger because, man, did they look. I, I don't think we've seen London look that good since no. stage two. Stage one, stage two. Yeah. Stage one, stage two. Like yeah. r- before they started that kind of slow decline, they hadn't looked as good. So, um yeah, I think the Valiant, if if they play like they did on Saturday, the Valiant are going to have their work cut out for them, even yeah, though the Valiant absolutely. have looked super strong lately. But London, you know, it, I can't sleep it, on London. It pains me to admit, but the teams that deserve to be on the top right now, I think, are the ones that are at the top. It just kind of just, I mean, I mean that's kind of the way it's supposed to work. But, you know, yeah. that's just the way I feel. I feel like the teams that really have been and the only exception being that Boston was a very strong performer throughout the season but I think they're and this is we've talked about this on the podcast I felt like their biggest weakness was their inability to change they can perfect quickly, something yeah. well but they cannot change quickly and I feel like that that has been very apparent 
and throughout this and so that's why they don't you know that's why they don't deserve to be up you know be up to the top yeah philadelphia said philadelphia's the only one that i feel like is a very because i feel like london has a switch that they can turn on at any particular moment but they're a little bit more they'll they'll do it they'll like London kicks it up a gear when they need to, I feel like, and Philadelphia sometimes does and sometimes doesn't the way it looks from my angle. So I, Philadelphia is the one I think is going to get knocked out first. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, going against Nixle. Phil, Philly's kind of been like that. They seem they're like a momentum team, right? They yeah, they kind of strike true. me as that. If that's they what, start really strong in a match, I think it was them they were talking about. Yeah, yeah. If they start really strong in a match. You know, they they can close it out versus pretty much any other team. Like if they if they really get that ball rolling, it's it's difficult to stop. But if it doesn't start rolling early on, they it feels like previously at least we haven't seen them get enough push to to you know grind it out. Except for at, at least not against the top top teams. They've done it before. To I'm pretty sure they've come back from some deficits. But yeah, they have oh, to, yeah. to teams lower on the ladder more. Have they ever? I, I don't know if they've. I don't know if they've reverse sweeped. I mean, the Gladiators Who, have, but it's yeah, still Gladiators different. have, yeah. They've done it uh, quite a few times, but couldn't do it this time. Well, Gladiators is the team that I was not like. I knew they were gonna be like a dark horse kind of thing, but I actually didn't think they were gonna make it this far. Um, yeah, and but well, I mean, had, and they made it this far pretty much off of Fisher's on Fisher's, <laughs> Fisher's shoulders, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's well, true. I mean, it wasn't like he totally solo carried the thing. With his, his style allowed you know Surefour to be able to be get more work done and he also got more consistent throughout the season and so did um well void was a good addition too but bishu also got better over the season i think i oh, think yeah i think sure. from the beginning of the season to the end he definitely um went from being kind of a middle of the pack or lower the middle of the pack uh diva player to being actually really quite good um but yeah, yeah i don't know i i, I would have like i would have liked to at least have seen fisher come in at least once, right? Just to see. Yeah. See if the team looked at any better on a map or something with them, you know? Especially when you get down, just throw the Hail Mary. That's that's one thing I see is, like, it seems to happen in a lot, and I guess I'm I'm not really one that can talk so much on it, but I've seen it in, I see it all the time in, like, League of Legends and, like, even sports, you know? Oh, yeah. Pretty much anything competitive. It seems like a lot of teams, they have they have this... You know, they have this strategy, and then it doesn't work, and then it doesn't work, and it doesn't work, and it doesn't work, and they just, they, they keep, it's like sunk cost fallacy, similar or something. Yeah, They're just like, yeah. well, we put this much time into the strategy, if we keep doing it, it will work one time, which, I make sense to have that kind of confidence, but I've seen a lot, you know, I've seen other times, too, where you see, you know, just, fuck it. If you're back to the wall, that's the time where I feel like you get the most value out of just trying to throw a curveball. Oh, because. Well- because you could say, oh, well, maybe this time it would have worked out if we had keep going with the strat that wasn't working, you know, five times previously, but yeah. probably not. So you might as well have done something different to at least try to, you know, throw your opponent back a step so you can maybe gain some ground, right? As a, uh, as a Patriots fan. But I'm not, fan, a, I'm not so... a team leader or anything, so what do I know? As a Patriots fan, I have seen the page the, the boston patriots or the boston patriots wow boston patriots i confuse it uh the new england patriots i've seen them come back some of their best comeback games have been from just like like hail mary decisions basically ah sub this guy in throw this we're gonna run this formation just go we're gonna see what we mm-hmm. can do that i like i like seeing that because i it's true because i very rarely see a team like like 
pound their head into the wall with a strategy, even though it's not working, and then it eventually succeeds. I very rarely yeah, see that. Yeah, it usually does. Well, and that's why, and that's why I hate watching. Well, I hate going to high school football games. I, I never go if I can avoid it. But um, even college games, to some degree, not uh, college football can definitely have some layered strategy to it. But one thing I hate seeing is seeing the same play run over and over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again, and they just keep getting blocked, and it's the ball's not moving, and it's and I feel like a lot of the teams in the Overwatch League have been doing that. Very few have this kind of like, oh, this isn't working. Let's change it up. Let's get things moving. And I think that's one of the greatest things about having a deep roster, is the mm-hmm. ability to switch things up. And I and and, and then the counter argument to that is always like, well, they're didn't, they're not as practiced with so and so individual. Like, oh, like let's say right. in Boston's situation, you know, oh, they're not so, they're not as practiced with uh, Aim God, so don't don't put him in there. But it's like, yeah, but. Maybe that's what the difference needed to be to win. I mean, was, I, I think you know? I think that philosophy totally makes sense going in right as you start. Right, you you yeah. should always start on what you think is your strongest foot. Yeah, but when that foot gets kicked out from under you, you and you're struggling to stand up on it, yep. I mean, you like like I said, most most do just try to keep getting that foot forward because if it works, if you get that foot back up and you're on it, yeah, you could probably get it. But if you can't ever get it back on it, just I don't know. I, I'm more of a fan of like like we both are just trying something different. At least, because at least I feel like you know if you do lose and you tried to do something different, the argument that you tried to do everything you could is a little easier to, yeah, to accept. You know, when yeah. you do one thing the whole time and it doesn't work, you're like shit. Well, what if we tried this or what if we tried this? Whereas well, when you no, do something, you, you try know. when you try multiple different things and they don't work, you're just like fuck, man. We just got outplayed. Like they, they just beat us. We tried. A lot of different things, and it just didn't work. Maybe we should have stuck, you know, with the one strategy that had worked before, but yeah. it wasn't working either. So, I feel like that was the biggest thing missing in the Overwatch League, and really, very few teams took made use of this was having the deep um, player rosters, having the sheer amount of different styles, and the ability. Because mm-hmm. especially what stage three or stage four, they changed it that you could change every map. What your what your subs yeah. are, and dude, at that point, man, I I really wanted to see teams throwing out different players all the time and changing up the play style. Right. Granted, that adds to player stress and fatigue, where they have to learn more and do more stuff. But good lord, the imagine like, like think think about it this way: we, some of the best games have been when teams have prepared for each other. When t- yeah. when like um like Boston, like when Boston beat New York, Boston prepared for New York. Pretty yeah. pretty pretty hard like that was cool but what could have totally thrown that off would be new york throwing an absolute curveball like doing a like you know breaking the prep bre- something yeah something prep for. and pr- especially with the level that these guys are playing at prep is almost everything so if you're able to throw that off a little bit man that's crazy and especially if you could be effective with it and yeah. now so, i mean you know you could you could try and it won't be it, sometimes it won't be yeah of and course. then there's also the argument that since with stage four, I think that state, I, I think that change should have been implemented sooner. Cause I think the reason we didn't see a lot of subbing out after the rule changes, it got so close to playoffs and there were a lot of teams that were yeah, on really. the, on the wire, like Houston and yeah, uh, Francis, the gladiators. So they wanted to keep trying in, in that sense. I, I, I think it makes the most sense that you want to, you want to not try to change things too much so you can just keep yeah working on what you've worked on up to that point. But hopefully in season two, especially early on, we do see a lot of 
uh, more flexibility, you know? Like, throw on this play. Especially if you're, like, up 2-0 over the Dragons or something. Just fucking bring out your B-Squad. So what if they lose a map? It's the Dragons. You're, if they play like they did in Stage 1, you'll probably still win, no matter yeah. who you are in the Overwatch League. As, as sad as that <laughs> is to say... That's so terrible. That's just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. I hope Shanghai can... can do what yeah, they need to do two. to actually be a legitimate contender in stage two because that would be a lot more fun but uh yeah so far they you know they just just haven't they did get more competitive over time but obviously not a good season when you're zero and 40 good lord man. oh man i don't oh. think i've ever seen that i don't think i've ever seen a team not win a single game it's so in an entire, it's at so least sad not in it really is yeah but oh you know oh back back to the the backfoot thing like the strategy, yeah. Back foot. I guess that was a weird thing to anchor on. But I kind of uh, figured. Yeah, I, I, I got you. Anyway, yeah. I've seen the opposite too a lot of times in esports, and it confuses the hell out of me, right? So I feel like the proper for me anyway, the proper time to try to train your strategy and throw curveballs when your back is to the wall and you and like you're probably gonna lose anyway. However, I've seen a lot, especially with teams. Uh, there's there's one team in particular I'm a fan of, and they've done this, but. They have a strategy that's working, and they're winning, right? Right. And then they're winning, but they're not winning so so crazily. You know, they're not so far ahead of the pack that they can just do whatever, and it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. And then that's when they decide to try a different strategy, and then it just goes to hell. And it's just like, no, like, when you're already winning, like, why would you want to purposely give your opponent, like, some extra ground, right? Yeah. Unless... Unless you're ultra confident, like, you know, like a team that didn't have any losses. Like, the, the point where I guess where Nixa was for stage four, even though it kind of seemed to bite them in the ass, right? Yeah. Unless you're in a position like that, sure, it doesn't really matter. But for the most part, you know, I see teams try to throw curveballs when they're, like, you know, winning. Like, I feel like when you're winning, you just you can just keep doing that. The proper way to do it is to do that until your opponent forces you to do something different, right? Like, if it's a best of five and you're 2-0 doing the same thing both those games why wouldn't you just do it the third game right because chances are they'll yeah. probably lose to it if they don't well then you change because they adapted to that and then if you change and you actually have a deep strategy pool or whatever all you have to do is change it you know enough to throw them off for for what they just adapted to and then bam you can just close it out that's mm -hmm. what a lot of the top tier teams have done in like other esports you know they 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 they're like okay we're winning this we we don't need to change it's it's up it's the onus is on the losing team to force the winning team to change but yeah you see it the opposite way a lot of times fucking just like nah stick my head in the sand we've yeah. we've been losing with this strategy five times in a row already the sixth time it's gonna work trust me <laughs> or you know it's just like all right we're up 2-0 we got no reason i mean you know it, it doesn't matter obviously sometimes you pull it off you're up 2-0 and then you lose the third one and then you just bring your strategy back in but i've seen plenty of times where a team's like up 2-0 they try to throw a curveball then they lose that third game for instance then their momentum gets cracked yeah. the other team wins the fourth game yeah. they get their momentum in check and then the fifth game the team that was ahead is just they they have a loser mindset because it's like fuck we were gonna win and we throw it away and then they just they got nerves too much and shit it's just i and I mean, this is probably because the league is new and these were new teams, and everybody was kind of hobbled together last minute, and mm -hmm. a lot of it was last minute. But I feel like there was something missing in the training reg, like the way these guys have been practicing. I feel like it's been very rushed, and not with the exception of probably Nixel. Um, I feel like I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this. It's They're, you they, want... they weren't training 
You know, my opinion is what you yeah, think. Yeah, go go ahead. I'll like, formulate. I, I the think thought. I think based on a lot of the the stuff we've seen in the rumor and a lot of the the players, a lot of issues have had with burnout already in the first season, and like some had some legit mental problems arise. As yeah. I think that, um, I think a lot of teams have focused more on quantity of practice over quality, quality. of practice. And that That's... was a thing that was really bad for a long time in other in, in younger esports too. Yeah. Like you know, they're just like fuck. We we got it. We gotta like we can play the game eighteen hours a day, so we should be playing eighteen hour days. When really it's like you know, yeah. you could practice ten hours ineffectively and get way less way less out of it than you can if you practice for you know three four hours and that's more effective practice if you're better at using the time See, i learned that firsthand when i was learning guitar in high school you know there oh, there was yeah, times where yeah. and there's times where i could over practice i'd practice so much that my brain would start to wander and do other stuff and then i would start messing up and then i would start getting frustrated and then i would actually get worse than if i just you know took some real like uh just maintained a good like positive headspace practice for a few hours she's like okay i'm good i don't need to keep forcing it i've already proven myself today that i'm that i'm where i want to be for today and then tomorrow i move on to the next thing you know it's yeah. just I... well the other thing is i guess where my mind's at is from the beginning people have repeatedly said and not just people on Reddit and stuff but like coaches players people within the league everyone has said that these guys are all like high belong they all belong in the league they're all at super high skill level and stuff Mm-hmm. And I don't think the answer to beating other teams was, well, we practiced more or we threw in more time. I think, I'll, especially when you play the game as much as these well, I mean, guys have. Shanghai. Lot, Remember when Shanghai Slam in practice. Super, yeah. yeah. And they did get better over time, but that may not have been related to that schedule. It could have been just I, because they played more together on the stage. Well, yeah. And I think, practice you can get. I think the best thing that could have been done for the training was working on the team so not how good are our strategies because i feel like everybody kind of had a pretty good grasp on their strategies but what ha- like even shanghai had great grasp on some of their strategies what happened is when the team kind of needed to work together and when people needed to engage that creative mode of their brain that puts them into that zone basically a lot of it fell apart and i feel like that was because the aspect of the team not necessarily the team strategy but the aspect of the team as well as the aspect of personal development was is was kind of non-existent um mm-hmm. just for, like, like communications well, breakdown well, for, it seemed like yeah for instance like i've had um i've had problems with my like um problems logistically that i've needed to work out with my business right and i'm sitting mm-hmm. here and every single minute of the day all the time i'm just thinking about it and like my head is wrapped and engaged and i'm trying i'm doing everything i can to work on this and the and it's always been some sort of failure after another and what's the times that i've it's you know i've been able to fix it or i've been able to make something work or the aha moment has happened is when i've taken a step back i've centered myself and i've and I've kind of taken a deep breath, I'm like, okay, let's you know approach this in a different manner. You know, it wasn't so I wasn't pushing it. I had the knowledge, I had the intuition, I had everything. I was just too blindly engaged in whatever I was engaged engaged in to to recognize it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's why some of the teams that had maybe a like Nixels definitely they had a good training regimen, but they they had a little bit more of a laid back approach to the way they were. Um, um, to like who they're playing and what map 
and how their strategies played out and everything. And I think a lot of that, granted, they all are really, really good, but I think a lot of that was also due to the players. If the players aren't so, like, ticked in the head and overworked and overstressed, I think they can perform better. And I think that's where we saw the downfall of Seoul Dynasty. I think Seoul Dynasty was one of those teams that would have worked really well. And you notice that in the beginning of the season, they did phenomenally well. But I think what happened is as they pushed and they pushed and they pushed and they pushed, even Ryo J. Hung was like, look, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. You know? And what's happened? It's, you know. I think also you know. they were they were, they were were too used to being the best and not really being well, challenged probably, that often. That probably too, yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of – so I think that the – I can't think of a good word for it, but the trust that they had between the teammates was just based on previous results and not really much else. Probably. Which is why, like, I remember mid midway through the season, they, instead of scrimming a lot, they had said that they were taking more time to just hang out outside of the game and just become better friends. And I think not long after that was when they actually started doing a bit better because it's like with... With some of the teams, not just Shanghai. I mean, Shanghai has legit communication, like, walls, right? Yeah. To, to overcome. Yeah. But even even when you don't have those communication walls, it, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Whenever you're doing, like, a team activity and you're part of a team, if you don't trust everybody on that team fully to do their 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 job in that, the second anything goes wrong, it's really hard to get it back because people start thinking, like, you know, it's not the same as like panicking if you're afraid, but it's kind of like, especially when you are really competitive and you do have confidence in yourself to do things. Sometimes you think like, oh shit, well that's not being so. Now I'm gonna have to do it because these other guys can't do it. When and a lot of times, you know, you doing that forces somebody else's hand to do something different. It's just kind of it dominoes, dominoes out. It's a lot easier when everybody, even when you lose, you know, if you trusted that everybody could do their thing and you just stick with that trust, yeah. it's easy to recover from the loss, it, I think, because then you think, then it's less of an individual thing. Mm-hmm. It's more just, oh, we as a team just didn't perform where we needed to, rather than like, you know, oh, all these individual problems. I don't know. And I feel like this is a this is a byproduct of this being a new esport, new players, new scene, new well, everything. The, the, and it, because I, I don't, I genuinely don't believe Nixel is beating everybody for the most part because they're just that much more mechanically skilled and have that, that much better sound strategies. I do not believe that for a second. That that is that is the reason why they are strategy maybe for a while. Even, but I, even I then. but the mechanical side, yeah, I definitely don't. I mean, look at Carpe. Carpe could probably fit right in the Nixel just because he is so Carpe might so be one of the most good. mechanically sound there is. Like this Yeah, it, exactly. It's, it's really really Well, I mean, th- think of it this way. Sabiobi can't land a fucking pulse bomb to save his life, but <laughs> not sometimes. But yeah, for the most but part. But what I'm saying, but like it, he doesn't even need to. Their team is just fucking phenomenal, mm-hmm. and I think well, strategy is definitely a part of it. And I think some teams definitely need to work on that and other things as always. But I think a large part of their success is has to do with other things besides that. Has to do with the like the qual the the. Uh, how I think a lot of the it individual. comes from the trust. Yeah, a lot like of it comes from the trust and proper team like, building. And I remember when they were wrecking people, and a lot of the time, instead of doing what most of the teams did, where they would really try to protect their backline, they'd just leave Ark and Jonak out to dry, so to speak, because they trusted those two together to mm-hmm. be able to handle situations of tournament. And what did they do? They did. You saw times where Ark would be on, uh, like, oh, shit. Was it against the Gladiators or Philly? I don't remember who it was against. But it was on Volskaya, and it was just Ark and Jonak in that um, the room on the side of point A, where there's the med pack and then oh, the balcony goes yeah. up. And they were yeah. in there, and then um, maybe it was even Boston. 
It might have been Boston. Who, I forgot who. It but was, but yeah. anyway, whoever the the cool. team that they were playing was, they sent Winston and a bunch of other people and Winston especially and dived straight in on them. That was Boston. That was Boston. The rest of yeah, I was thinking it was Boston there in a sec because I I just was thinking it was Gamsu. That, yeah, that it threw was him. Gamsu. Yeah. But instead of all of Nixel like panicking and fleeing like oh shit we got to they just they just yeah. left them there and <laughs> Ark just hit the sleep darts he needed to and Jonak just fucking killed him when Sinyata works because not only did those two trust each other but the rest of their team trust everybody trusts everybody and so it's it's like in every you trust these two you trust this one you trust these three you trust these four we trust each other as five i think that's one of their big advantages they just really really developed that trust and a lot of them came i mean multiple of them played on you know lw blue so they had some previous but they were known as chokers and playoffs and stuff so their trust wasn't built solely on the history that they had been the best team and they had proven themselves in that way. They yeah. had lost when it mattered, but they still had trust that they could win. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I was going to say, too, when you're talking about, you know, taking a step back, I think the fact that I think most people get get to a point where they realize that that's a healthy thing to do. Right. You're having yeah. a problem instead of throwing your head at it. Sometimes it's better to just walk away. It's difficult, especially when you have a, a real competitive mindset oh, or you really want to do it. Too. You know, because yeah. You, yeah, you're just like, fuck, no. Like, if I keep trying, I'll get it. But sometimes, like, you don't. I mean, I learned it. There was plenty of times when I was a kid where I was on a boss in X video game and I couldn't beat it. And I sat there for hours frustrating myself, right? And then, you know, as I got, it got, it got easier as I was getting older, which is kind of the point I was getting to. But sometimes, you know, you, I was still a kid, but I would just be like, you know what, I'm done frustrating myself today. I'm going to play a different game, right? Then the next day I wake up, and first thing I'm like, oh, I want to go try to beat that boss. You know, if I can't beat it after a few tries, yeah. instead of frustrating myself for hours like I did yesterday, I'll just stop. What happens? I go back. Maybe it's not always the first try, but usually, like, within a, within a short amount of time, I end up beating it because I just, yeah. you know, took a step back well, and I wasn't making the same mistakes that I was making the day before. So yeah. where I'm getting at is I think that because a lot of the players are younger – it kind of influences that kind of that kind of thing. A lot of them don't have the experience to tell yeah. them to just not just take a step back, relax. There's actually a science. There's actually science to that. I've been um, mm-hmm. digging into a lot of uh, this kind of stuff, podcasts, and uh, you know information from from people far far smarter than I am. But one of the things that they are so- talking about this is the sleep doctor. He was talking about it. He was saying that when you sleep, when they say sleep on a problem you know, to figure it out, it actually works because what's going on is when you're trying to figure out a problem, like as like, let's say I have a problem. Um, let's, let's say I have a problem. I have a lot of problems. Let's say <laughs> yeah. I have one particular problem in my mind. Like I'm trying to figure out how to fix this crack on my cell phone screen. Cause it's really annoying me. Uh, it's not the screen. It's a screen protector. So, but okay. Let's say I'm trying to fix figure it out. I like how you, you pointed that out. <laughs> I just want to make sure just, everyone knows I'm smart enough to have a screen protector. Yeah. Um, well, but um, anyways, I, I'm not. I don't have any kind of protection on my phone. And guess what? <laughs> there's no cracks. Oh okay. wait, actually, wait, is there? No, there's a crack <laughs> in the back. There is a crack here. Okay. But that cracked because I got in a fucking car accident because a guy oh, hit yeah. me while I was that, driving. Yeah, so that's it's true. not really my fault. Okay, but anyways, it was either that or I dropped it the next day. I don't actually remember. <laughs> well, you probably had the concussion break. <laughs> um, but anyways, okay. So you're trying to figure out a problem, and so I'm trying to figure out how to fix this crack on my on the screen protector which I mean, just replace it, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. When I'm trying to figure it out, um, there's neurons that are trying to create pathways in my brain. So I'm creating, I'm basically carving out what my thought process is going to be. 
and I'm mm-hmm. creating these neurological pathways. But the problem is sometimes they reach a, a stopping point, like actually, like not like I didn't think of anything, but like you're like science, like scientifically, connect. chemically, they cannot go any farther, and you're actually hitting a mental wall. Like you cannot, the, they cannot route. They basically they're not able to connect the dots. When you sleep, and specifically if you get full good sleep, you're hitting REM sleep and all that, what's happening is your brain is actually reconfiguring these connections. So if you were routing your brain to try and figure out a problem and you couldn't connect the dots and it left, it basically left a, a, a path that was not, you know, didn't go to anywhere, and you know that, when you're sleeping, your brain subconsciously is trying to reconnect the dots. So this is all stuff that you, you for the most part, have no conscious, you know, concept of but it's reconnecting all this information so that when you wake up the next day and you go to look at the problem you're actually thinking different you may not realize it but you are thinking differently and it uh, could possibly lead to a solution sounds like the the pathways are just being optimized basically when you sleep. basically yeah Which when I know, you sleep that's what's I mean, happening I've, yeah i've read quite a bit about sleep and and i know that while we know relatively little the 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 large consensus across a lot of different fields and studies is that it exists for the purpose mainly of repairing and, and like, you know, betterment. Like, we don't just sleep because we have to be on... Just because it's convenient to sleep through the night is because we have to to get, you know, stuff right, especially mentally. So yeah. that makes sense that it would so, work that way. But anyways, I think... And, but even know. even if you don't sleep, sometimes all you need to do is just get away from a problem, stop frustrating yourself, well, yeah, that, and you come back with a bit of a clear mind. Well, and that, but that's the thing is it's, it involves the clear mind, and you have to dump, you have to have a brain dump. And so I, I'm th- I'm picturing this in I'm picturing this scenario in my head. In my head, you're 18, 19 years old, you're in the Overwatch League, you're all of a sudden getting paid a ton of money, you're away from your you're family, in the spotlight you're, too. you're in the spotlight. If you stream, so, you have to worry about what you say all the time now. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. That. So there's all this pressure. All right. And now you're playing a game and getting paid for it. Now you're with the team. And now you're spending all your days practicing, all your days. Because in your mind, and rightly so, you're thinking the more effort I put into this, the better I'm going to be. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. But then you're doing that. And then you only get four or five hours sleep because you're streaming and you're doing this and that. So you're not getting really good sleep. You're just kind of getting mess sleep. And then you're getting Unless they're one of those small part of the population that get a full night's rest of four to five hours. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, I would picture this being a very typical scenario amongst the Overwatch League is you're not getting a whole lot of sleep, you're getting on caffeine, then you're going to working out, then going to do stuff with your friends and then you you know you eat and then you're going right back into it, but you don't get you're on you're constantly in the environment. Think of the situation in the Philadelphia um like their their Wait, game by friends did you mean teammates? That's why I meant teammates, whatever. I was going to say cuz I'm pretty <laughs> sure most of them don't have a chance to hang out with anybody other than their teammates. Right. But like picture this for the Philadelphia um uh their their like a uh, squad house that they have right now. Mm-hmm. So you wake up, you're amongst this, you're in the group, you know, you're in the group and all you are is the team doing team things. Then you go to the stadium, then you do team things, then you come home and you're doing team things, team, 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 team. And even if you sleep, you're not actually breaking yourself away from this for a little bit mm-hmm. and you're constantly engaged and that could cause neurological ruts basically. And if they're not resting properly, keeping themselves centered stepping away, having good practice on learning how to be introspective and stuff like that. And they're young. It's hard to expect anybody to do this at this age. At this age. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that would be a, a reason why. And that's actually a reason why, um, like, in, in high-end professional sports, like top, top-of-the-line sports, you don't see them that young. They're generally a little bit older than 18, 19, 20. Well, I mean, in basketball specifically, they have been picking up younger and younger players yeah. as a trend. However... 
it, it's treated differently too because the team house thing is is cool and nice in some aspects but there was a lot of there was a lot of back and forth about on this issue not too long ago in yeah. in the league community for instance right yeah, yeah. but um you know for instance now team liquid um team liquid is got at least of the american esports organizations involved in league of legends at least they are but even at beyond that they have some of the best investment like the most mm-hmm. they're one of the richest esports organizations around um i wish they would have decided to invest in overwatch league season one but maybe season two or maybe, three who yeah. knows in any case i um they now you know like all the other teams for the longest time especially for franchising they had you know team homes and it makes sense it makes sense when you think about it lightly, right? Like, you know, they're all on a team. They're all doing all these activities together, like you are saying. Like, yeah, that'll be good for cohesion and stuff. But not everybody can, can do Some people do. Some people live with roommates up until the point where they can't for some other reason because they want to – other people are different. You know, they want to they wanna have their own space to go and retreat to. And, like, having lived both ways, there's definitely a difference between having your a separate room in a house and having a separate space that's only your own. But I think we don't see that – and a lot of esports yet, or we didn't, especially in league until franchising kind of started because they had that financial security. Well, Overwatch League is a franchise league, so there should be more. But it's it's more of a cost-effective thing, I think, right? Because think about, yeah, not only does it cost a lot of money to house all of these different players, especially in LA, might be yeah. a bit different when the orgs sell onto their own cities if they're a little in less LA, expensive. Hell, expensive, man. Not only is it really expensive, but these players are also really young. You know, it, they may not be ready, they may not be mature enough to be put in their own space and, and left yeah, to do that. That may, that may stress some of them out <laughs> more because XQC then they have... Case in point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? so, so, so it depends. I think over time as the league gets older, just like it did with league, you'll see more of that because I think that's one thing that's really healthy for athletes like in pro sports you're thinking is you know they go to work they practice with their team at the training facility and all this stuff and that's when they go home that's their time to, to reprocess get, they, they probably get better rest they get they can they can take a step back from all that you know especially if you know you're good teammates but sometimes you have an argument or, or sometimes you just don't you know you kind of butt heads a bit right it's usually good to be able to t- totally remove yourself from that person for a while so you can be you know less on edge about it and stuff and i think well i mean i didn't know if we'd get a chance to bring it in but I was just reading this before we started the podcast, but uh, effect. He's a good example of how the stress yeah, can get too much. Did you see the yeah. the stuff he was, that was translated? He said on his stream. I saw some Look, of it. Can you go over the refresher? I saw some um, a lot. Uh, there's, there's. I'll, I'll read the effect stream rough translations from. He's uh, a raisin muffins on Reddit, but they 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 translate it because I guess during the stream it was asked to be Korean only. But they didn't. They didn't care if because they knew it'd get translated one way or another. So it wasn't against effects wishes for it to be translated outside of stream. But the there's quite a bit here. But the number one point is effect thinks he can't be a pro any longer or someone in the spotlight. He pretended to be okay, but it's been piling up. And it goes into more detail. He, he talked about how um, he thought about what was making things so hard on him and came to the conclusion that it was the burden responsibility of being a pro. He could try to not let it get to him, but that's unfortunately not his personality. He can't just get over things easily. Talks about how, um, well, now he's pretending not to notice that he's breaking down, but he can't anymore. He feels really bad when he starts missing shots, even when he knows his aim is good. Because of this, he really, he tried, when he tries to play, he can only go for about two to three hours before turning the game off. But he can't take not practicing playing either. Um, he t- it talks about how because of his personality and stuff, he didn't he didn't feel like he could talk to anybody about this kind of stuff. So that kind of added to piling up. 
then it, it talks about some of the stuff that happened with his girlfriend, but that's not really relevant, so I won't go into it. Um, you know, but he, the the overall thing is that the stress really got to him, and he didn't know how to handle it. And he's tried. He, it says even there, even when he took medication for things, it still didn't help. He, he knows he was. He hates the fact that he was a terrible teammate. He knows he was. He screamed at his teammates and feels so bad. I think it says in there. Where does it say? He yeah. When he remembers back to when he would yell and scream at his team, he feels so sorry. He wants to die. Just because they lost a game, he was so horrible to them, ruining the mood. He shouldn't be playing team games. So he thinks that he's just not. He can't handle it mentally, Ooh. and he's not. Yeah. He thinks. I think he it says in there if if he gets to a point where he can fix all these problems, he would come back. But he's looking like he's going to retire just because he can't handle it mentally and he doesn't want to negatively affect all the people around him like he did. So, that's so sad. I mean, it's for his health. Yeah, it is sad. You know. I mean, that dude is It's hey, better than him continuing and having more issues if yeah. if it's no, really No, I mean, you know, that, not sad that he's doing that. He should. It's no, sad that yeah. this whole thing was an issue to begin with. Like that's it's you terrible. Know, I'm not man. trying to this is in no way a, a mention of trying to blame it on like Dallas Fuel, for instance, because at the end of the day, those were his problems that piled up. But I wonder if the same problems would have piled up at least as quickly if he had started on a team that was good from the start, right? Yeah. Like, well, like if the fact maybe, he was yeah. playing for, I mean, those problems are still there, and they're going to manifest in one way or another. But it may not have been so bad that 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 he wanted to get to the point where he quit. You know, if he was on a team that was winning more, like. Maybe. I mean, eventually, some obviously, those problems would have caused some other ripple effects, but I do wonder if, if Effect. it accelerated it by how bad the fuel was for the longest time. Oh, man. Yeah. I I feel for him, but, man, it, it, that's the thing. Playing a high-octane competitive sport, whatever it is, at this level is not what everybody thinks it is. It is not just... Because I could sit here in my comfy computer chair, in my home, in my neighborhood, with the things that I'm comfortable with, and let's say I'm the best Lucio. That's cool. That is a completely different thing than playing at the highest level in those situations, in like the mm -hmm. Overwatch League situations. It is. That's why a like, lot of players who, who could who have the skill to be a pro across any esport, they don't. And a lot of them choose to stream rather because it's it's simply much less stress and it's, it's a lot easier time. You it's it's not like oh, when you get to Overwatch League, okay, now I just need to focus harder and like get like and and just play more. It's like that's not really playing at any like let's say if you're in the NFL or anything like this, your whole world's different now. You mm -hmm. have to do like the, a billion and one different things to be at this level, and it's not easy, especially yep. if you want to win. And it's not winning by practice harder. It's winning by you need to change your diet. You need to change your habits. You need to change when you wake up. You need to change like how often How often do you have you time? Do you meditate? Like the stupid stuff like this that people think like it, this This is what makes you No excuse. Teams. You can't live entirely off. What is it? Pepsi or Coke you drink? Well, you only drink and, for a well, long and, time. And I, I love XQC and that dude loves his chat. And he's probably one of the best streamers. He's probably, he's, I mean, I mean, well, uh, there's an article here. He's nominated for one of the best streamers for uh, XQC nominated for streamer of the year by Esports Award. I mean. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, and he deserves it. He has a great stream and he loves his stream. Mm -hmm. does a really good job with it. But he, yeah. but trying to do that and be full time pro, it broke him. 
I mean, mm-hmm. not everything that happened to him was his fault. He definitely, you know, but it's still, even if none of the bad things had happened, he'd still be under an insane amount of stress because mm-hmm. he's, you know, just doing both of those things is insane. And then you need you time and then you need to change. Like, it's not, it's not easy. And especially when these kids are six, you know, 18, 19, 20s, early, yeah. early, early, it's not, I mean, it is, it's not, there, it's not there are thing. individuals out there that can pretty much just behave like machines and function only for the purpose of being great at the game. Well, yeah, Jonah. But it's rare. <laughs> yeah, but it's rare. Well, I mean, did you, did you, Jonak actually, um, did you see the video that, that was it next? Oh, no, Jonak put, put out, but it's, it's no. like an hour and a half long video of him just meditating in Nixel's like backyard area. Really? Yeah, well, he's cool. just meditating for, for an hour and a half straight see, up. Like, okay. See, that's kind of where so my he, point, that's, that's where one of the reasons he probably, you know, that's one of the things that for sure leads to his success is the fact that he, you know, he, he practices mindfulness well, as it as it's And, and this is something that's actually done in other sports. They don't talk about it. You don't see it as much in, like, the hype videos for the, you know, March Madness or for stuff like that. You don't see that. But this is stuff that mm-hmm. happens on the back end for high-end sports. And I don't think this being so new and the, the players being so young, I don't think anybody really fully realizes that. Most most don't anyways. And I'm, I'm hoping to see, you know, it's... I'm hoping to see the players and the organizations and the structure and the teams and the coaches. I'm hoping to see it all mature so that mm-hmm. we can see higher level play because as great as the as great as great as the Overwatch League has been, it's been great. I've enjoyed watching this, you know, every week when I get home from work and to watch these games and then talk about it with you guys. Fucking phenomenal. I'm loving it. And I'm hope to see way more of this in the future. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But the, I do not think we have seen like top pivotal like high end play. I don't think we've seen the the tippy top. I don't think like I think there's so much more room for potential. And I think Nixel's just the tip of the iceberg as far as that's concerned, in my opinion. But it needs to progress and mature. And I'm hoping that people kind of have their head on their shoulders. Some people do to help it guide it along that path. I think I think it's interesting too because. I've seen, you know, we've seen the same mistakes happen, and like, like league, like I always, I always bring that up, you know. Sorry if it, if anybody who listens hates league, but I mean, it's really relevant. It's, and it's a good example. It is relevant. Yeah. Not only have I been interested in watching that for years, but I've paid a lot of attention to not just the games themselves, but all the outer workings, the, the stuff outside of it. You know, I'm, I'm like that. You know, I as a kid, I always thought it was funny those guys who could list off all the players and you know X sports league and like stats and stuff. But I kind of became that. I remember one year where I almost didn't miss a single competitive game across all the competitive regions, and pretty, I still watched player, yeah. prayers, prayers, players individually outside <laughs> of that and kept up on the, the the social side of it and the news and all that crap. So, but it's really relevant, especially because they've matured a lot. And it's funny for me that Overwatch League has that as an example they could have built off of. And they did in some ways, but they still have made some of the mistakes that took League of Legends, for instance, years to correct. When you think that, well, they, you know, if they had paid more attention to it, they would, they would not make those mistakes. But a lot, a lot, as with a lot of things, people just have to make the mistakes before they realize their mistake. You can't. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much you tell them or show them. No, this is a better way. They they just have to learn themselves. So, but I think so. And I think a big problem, like I was like we've discussed before, I believe, uh, it, maybe not if on the podcast, but certainly outside of it. But one of the things with esports, a pervasive problem that's been around and, and still is even in more mature, or I guess 
I think it's a problem. It's like I was I was talking about earlier with conventional sports. You know, your physical body has very real limitations. You can only do so much, right? You can train effectively and, and make sure your body's healthy enough to exceed those limitations. But you you can't just like I, fucking LeBron James, right? Amazing, crazy good athlete. That dude, that dude would be hurt really bad if he tried to play basketball for 16 hours, hours 18 hours yeah. a day just wouldn't work you can't like physically you can't with esports i mean physically you you, you can't but you're but you're you are like, you could like, the thing but is, you like, are physically you know more than def- likely you're not gonna you're, you're not as at risk for straining a muscle or or doing all these other things yeah. that you could right so physically yes you can sit in front of a computer and play a game for 18 hours however it does have very real health effects but well, a lot of that gets kind yeah. of ignored because not only the players' mindset we're talking about, but it's just the mindset at all. You think like, oh, well, there's no reason I can't play this video game for 18 hours straight, so I should, right? And and I think not only does it have some physical implications, especially if, if players aren't taking time to get up and, and stretch or, or just take a mental break or do you know something, especially if they aren't eating healthy. That compounds everything. You know, If they're only drinking soda, that, that shit has real, real yeah. consequences, and it all just fucking builds off each other and just gets worse and worse and worse over well, time. It, and yeah. you know they're just. I had I had I had a conclusion there, but I lost it. Well, I I get what you're saying, and then there's a lot more to because the thing is when you're playing a real sport like soccer or basketball, your mind and your body can kind of almost sync up. Like your your work. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're doing drills with your basketball basketball for like eight hours. Okay, your mm-hmm. mind is going to you need a break, but your body's also going to need a break. Luckily, they will coincide to some degree or another. You yeah, a lot of times do... you get physically exhausted. Once you once you get past the point of physical exhaustion, that's when your brain starts to fucking like, well, just like, bruh, and, like, yeah. no, so, you're done, dude. And, and, but the, the things that go along with that. So when you're working out and you're doing all this stuff, you need to be drinking water. You need to be take. You need to be like in the right mental state. You need to be you know fit. You need to be active. And this is stuff that. So when you're gaming, that can easily slip. But, but if you are. Like in Jonex state, I'm sure he doesn't just drink soda. Imagine, imagine if you drank good water and good drinks that are good for you. You ate nutritious meals, you slept proper amount of hours, and you took a lot of time to refresh yourself mentally, meditate, do all this stuff. Imagine how much better of a player you're going to be just with those things mm-hmm. added into the mix and 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 done properly. And of course, it's it's not a guarantee. You know? It's not like it's not like if you're you know, the worst widow in the league, and then you just change your diet and start exercising, you're going to be the best widow in the league. No, but, but it, it will but help. But it, it, won't, it won't hurt you. No, the only it way it'll help. hurt you is not is you have to take some time away from the game from practicing. But practicing all the time, generally, you know, as we've seen, no. it, it's more harmful for most people anyway. There are people out there that, as with pretty much anything, these rules don't necessarily apply. But for the vast majority, it's not even it's not even a matter of, oh, well, you know, I, I drink soda and I eat shit all day and I'm fine. I don't feel bad. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't mean you're unhealthy to the point where it's causing you problems, but it's a pretty much a proven scientific yeah. fact that if you did not do that, if you drank healthier, if you if you ate healthier, if you exercised, you would be better at whatever it is you're doing because your body, your your mind operates within your body. The more effectively your body can operate, the better your mind can operate. Beyond like that, even every little thing affects the whole way more than anybody realizes like yeah. that that sleep guy i was talking that i was not talking to i was listening to <laughs> he was Talk um to. yeah i wish i'd have so <laughs> many questions but anyways when he was ta- um he's a you know uh professor and he has like degree in what is it hmm. i don't know okay anyways whatever but anyways the point smart when, guy when, yeah. when he was talking about is he was saying the difference between six hours of sleep 
and seven hours of sleep is so huge. Literally, if you, I think he said if you're getting five hours of sleep, you are 50% less effective at any physical task or like, or something, some kind of like where you're, where you're like, where your mind needs to connect to your body for like that type of like, like hand eye coordination. You're like way, way, way less effective at that. Like, um, he was saying that, um, he was pulling up stats for like fighters and stuff like in the UFC that didn't sleep properly before a fight and their fate, like their, their rate of winning dropped down by like 80 something percent with an hour less sleep. So we're talking about, that's just sleep. We're not talking about meditation or, or eating right or drinking properly or pacing yourself. We're just talking about an hour more sleep increases your performance that much. And this is documented stuff. I'm not making this up. I mean, I don't know the percentages. I don't remember exactly. It was been a month since I listened to this. But, but what I'm saying is, if all this has so much of an effect on it, I feel like that, those are the areas that the teams can could improve on more. Because, I agree. Because I, we're seeing good strategies. We're seeing excellent mechanical skill from these players. But what we're seeing is when things fall apart, it falls apart. Oops, I hit the desk. Yeah. Things fall apart. And that... Because the it foundation isn't strong enough to hold yeah. up all the rest. When the, when the, when the yeah. roof falls, the foundation isn't strong enough to hold up the supports. Yep, exactly. Like, now, now, I will say, like I mentioned earlier on the sleep thing, there are there are a very small portion of the population that that can sleep less, and it's just as effective. Uh, I was The guy was talking about that. The numbers is like a percent. Yeah, like supposedly, like for instance, Kobe Bryant in his prime said he 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 would sleep for like two hours and be awake for like eight and sleep yeah. for another two hours. And then the people uh, supposedly James Franco is one of those. He only sleeps for about four or five, and that guy's you know. But and then but but the other counter is like LeBron James says you you know he likes to sleep more than twelve hours easily. You know, is, it's just different nuts. people. I cannot but the but the but that. the but the percentage of people. My point is that there are people. Who, who can sleep less? But for the vast majority, yeah, seven, eight hours, you know, if they're not getting that, they're, they're kind of hurting themselves. Yeah. Oh, not even kind of. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, dude, we're already at an hour? Oh, we're over yeah. an hour. Man. Well, I mean, there isn't a whole lot more to talk about. I mean, we kind of covered what we needed to cover. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, oh, well, there was one other thing I, I was going to get into. Um, watch leagues on ESPN and Disney? Actually, no, but that is a good point. It's it's awesome. If you haven't heard, um, they worked out a TV deal. So Overwatch yeah. League will be on ESPN3, um, Disney XD, and um, for not only these finals, but also the World Cup and Overwatch League Season 2, I believe the entire season will be televised. If I'm also not mistaken, I think it's the first game of the finals finals here for Overwatch League. Um is actually going to be televised on ESPN One, like yeah, the big main channel. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. If the... you have TV, if you have cable or satellite, uh, turn into those channels to give them extra ratings. Why don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Also, uh, check the this like this comment on uh, Reddit right here said uh, check Twitter when it goes on to ESP One, ESPN One, yeah, and yeah, see how many should... people rage. It's going to be, be good. For me, I just think it's sad. I don't. I don't oh, check that stuff sad. because. Yeah. Because it's sad that so many people care so heavily about any aspect of what other people enjoy. Well, like, people enjoy themselves. Like, all right, like well, Twilight. Man, that movie, I hated that movie. I hated those books. But I never once wanted to go to a movie theater and, like, shit on people for enjoying it. Because at the end of the day, 
if you're shitting on somebody for actually really enjoying something that there's nothing wrong with 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 it, right? I you're find just an asshole. I, that, no, that's true. But I find for the most part, especially on social media, generally that gets drowned out pretty well. Like for instance, yeah. on um, uh, New England Patriots, their official Facebook page, they were promoting uh, Boston Uprising. They were mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, hey, congratulations on your win, blah 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 blah. There was there was comments. Oh yeah, wrong, sure. of like people like get this shit off my Facebook. But there, you get your but, shit off Facebook? but the highest rated ones, the one with the most upvotes and comments and likes and mm-hmm. loves and whatever, um, were ones being like, "Hey, I don't even watch this, but this is cool. Good job, mm-hmm. like that." Same thing with um, yeah. the r slash Patriots subreddit when Boston was doing stuff. They po- they did some cross promotion in there, and um, uh, the general reception was like, "Dude, this is awesome." People that were into it, or people that weren't, but like, "Hey, this is yeah. good. We're seeing some growth." And then you, usually you know, the positivity kind of goes to the top, which is which good. I'm glad for because it wasn't always it's, that way. It was definitely it, yeah, not no, always no. that way. It's especially cool when I can't remember the name, but there was some ESPN commentator that said some some um oh it was I think it was in reference to some article or something comparing a League of Legends player that's really good to an athlete that's really good or something. And it was just a soft comparison just for the sake of, you know, like presenting an argument. Like it wasn't like – and this commentator yeah. like said some dumb like disparaging shit. And then a lot of other people, even people – even his – like some of his peers that worked at ESPN were just like, no, you're you're being ridiculous, you know? Like they, they like fucking – stop that shit quick because it's just it's nice that now that it's gotten big enough that we actually do have real public figures that aren't even necessarily inside the community that will defend and say no you guys are just that's not you shouldn't be like that like that's stupid but the other thing i was gonna get out real quick is uh apparently um well during their press conference uh most of the gladiators predict valiant to win the finale against philly and London also predict Philly to beat New York. Apparently, a lot of the teams think what? that Philly Philly is going to beat New York. Um, I was reading into it, and apparently, New York and Philly have not scrimmed at all. So, a lot of those are based on oh. I don't know what they're basing it on. I mean, Philly looked good, but but you know, Nixel hasn't scrimmed against Philly, which kind of makes sense, you know, because when it's tight in the finals, you usually don't scrim against your partner. You usually scrim against the most uh, comparable competition, so that your direct competitors don't know your strats and shit, right? This this deep into a tournament. I think it's interesting. I think, I mean, I'm a Nixle fan, so I'm biased, but I think Nixle's going to beat Philly. Uh, I think if Philly plays as well as they did versus uh, the or versus Boston, it's not going to be, you know, a walk in the park. Well, okay, so my thing is, I think, gonna win. I think when Philly's on, they're on, and they're almost unstoppable. But the thing is, Nixle's, Nixle's got the complete package. They have they have the best support duo. One probably the one of probably one of if not the best tank lineup, and then their DPS duo is every bit as good as EQO and. and I I um, guess a lot of it is centering around the idea that that a, a lot of people think it's due to the fact that that Zenyatta isn't played as prevalently or hasn't been by the other have teams, they seen and so they Jonah, think Jonah's Jonah, not even a Zenyatta main. <laughs> That's the thing, right? There's been other times. There's been other times where um, Nixel just ignored whatever the the flavor of the month was and played their shit, and it worked. It didn't work in stage four, but 
you know, there's a lot of different outside stuff about that. Were they really trying 100%? Were they? Did they look bad? Maybe, maybe they, maybe they actually were bad in season four, or not bad, but you know, in stage four, maybe they weren't as good and they haven't recovered. But I, I think the thing is, this is all speculation. We won't know until they play. And I, I mean, I am a Nixel fan, but even if I weren't, I would think the Nixel's going to win because they've still, you know. That's still the empirically. That's the correct choice. They've still proven themselves way more times. Philly if, has. If, if Philly wins, it's an upset. Philly, if Philly, Philly has a chance to win. I'm not saying they're sure. over here. Oh, yeah. David versus Goliath. I think they no. do have a Carpe and Carpe and EQO are tough yeah. to hold down, especially if they perform well. Even by the likes of Sabiobi and Pine, or Sabiobi and Libero, yeah. or Libero and Pine, but they can go toe to toe with them. I think they have definitely have the capability to win, but I think the chances are still fairly heavily favored for Nixle. I would put I would put Nixle at a seventy percent chance of winning. Yeah, very very okay. easy. I, seventy seventy five. As a Nixle fan, I think Nixle's gonna win it all. I think the yeah. most, I think the toughest competition for Nixle will be the Valiant, if they're still playing like they were at the end of Stage Four. Yeah. Or London, if London, if London kicks it up, if, like if London continues yeah. to kick it up, I mean, yeah. they kicked it up versus the Gladiators. If they continue that kind of form, then I think they'll be really, really good competition Plus, in, how, for Nixle too. How I, I, I personally, I think London will be valiant. I hope so. I really do. I technically, yeah, I, know, disagree. I think the empirical tough, like correct choice, is the valiant. But I just, if 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 London can do what they I'll did, if London, they yeah. if they don't stop their momentum. They're they're just as good as Nixel, basically. I, but I want to see Nixel go to the go to like the the finals are at Barclay in New York. Right? How I, sad would it be if Philly I, somehow beat Nixel? And Philly not even need, New York or um, New York needs to make it there. Like I, yeah. I even like I wanted I wanted to see that. I really did. I really did want to see them there. So I'm hoping that's what's going to happen. Obviously, if Philly does it. It's an upset. That'll be good. But I want to see New York in the final. Um, what do you? What do you? What do you predict for the next round? What do you think? What do you think the series is going to end up for Valiant versus uh, London? Next, say so, all right. So next week, wait, next week, yeah, next week, um, or this week? Wow, we're in this week. Um, this week, um, I predict, I predict New York beat Philly. I think Philly could put up a fight. We might, might go I to, think it'll might be, go to three, three matches. I think it'll or... be, a, I think it'll be a three-one. I think, I think Nixa will win three maps and Philly will get one in the series. But well, oh wait, no, it's the best one. of three. Yeah, I, nah, yeah, yeah. I, I keep forgetting and thinking. Yeah. So I think it'll be Philly might pull say, something man. off, but it, but it, it, it might be, it might be a three or a, what a two two, two one. Yeah, two, yeah, it might be a two one or two one. Then. something I don't I think, know. Philly could do something well, but I think I think New York's gonna pretty is gonna take this. The Spitfire versus Valiant one, I think, is gonna be the one that's gonna be the closer match. Um, that it's going to be the closer match if Spitfire keeps on this momentum roll that they have with Gladiators, which is they mm -hmm. they very well could. So if they keep on this roll, it's going to be a close one. If Spitfire chokes, I mean, I think Valiant yeah. has it pretty handily. It's possible. I mean, Gladiators, um, as much as I like them, they definitely have more exploitable weaknesses than the Valiant. Than Valiant, do. for sure. So. Um, but if I'm going to predict I... it all the way around, I think Spitfire is going to... I think they're going to keep their momentum... It's gonna be a tough fight for me, really. If even if they keep their if they keep their momentum, it's a fifty fifty to me who's gonna win between Valiant and London, honestly, because their Valiant has been doing really good. So that one, yeah. I really couldn't even say. I think because a profit though, man. Yeah, we got to see a glimpse so of good. how how good they were looking in the yeah. early stages of Overwatch League. And agilities and soon are very good, but Birdering profits highest highs I still think are higher than we've seen from soon and agilities. I would like to see at the end, and I think this is—I think 
I think New York's going to make it to the end, and I think Spitfire... I hate to say Valiant has the upper hand, but they might. Oh, they do. I think they do. They definitely have the upper hand. It's definitely an upset if if New York, or I mean if London wins versus them. I'm hoping for them too. I'm hoping for them too, because I would love to see New York versus... um, yeah. London now that I can't get a Gladiators yeah. Knicks Hill final, I would love New York versus Knicks because it'd be kind of be kind of a cool rematch between the for the the season. It'd yeah, be interesting, right? Because season one, yeah, yeah. Hill faltered and London won. Season two, um, London faltered and Hill managed to beat them. And then in the finals, we see it all f- come full circle and see who really, really can grind it out when it's the biggest match on the line. You know, yep. I think it'd be fun. Exactly. Of course, if if Valiant beats London. And then Nixel beats Valiant in the finals. That would be some sweet revenge, now, especially for all the uh, the Valiant fans who claim that they're the greatest team in the world forever because they won the stage four. Even though, what did it mean for London? So you know, it doesn't necessarily matter. Though obviously, the big upset would be if it ended up being uh, Philly versus London. That would be for the fi- for the grand finals. Yeah, that, that would, would be, be fucking nuts, man. Yeah, I, mean, I doubt that would happen. But if that did happen, that would be like a massive upset. No one would expect that. Yeah, really, on both sides. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, I'm fully expecting a New York versus London or New York versus Valiant game. If Philly wins, Me I mean, hey, yeah, I mean, if Philly wins, I mean, at the at the end of the day, especially when you're at this level, once you're at grand finals level, this is it. This is the end. If at this point you have lost in that many matches played. You just you didn't you didn't do your job. Yeah. Like there's no excuses. Yeah, exactly. So I mean whoever wins deserves to, no, deserves to win. There's no uh sandbagging excuse from this point forward. If Nixel yeah. doesn't perform against Philly, then it it wasn't as easy as just taking a break and hiding your shots. They yeah. just weren't good enough. Exactly. You and know? then so I mean all no holes barred here, so um Which yeah. is exactly why I do think Nixel is gonna quickly sil- put a silencer on a lot of the people who are saying that they're not the favorites because this is where it really matters. This is where they're like, they don't have any reason to hide or, or do anything else. So I think we'll really see the best Nixle at their best again. But you Absolutely. Know. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for uh, this week's episode. Uh, we're going to have uh, we're gonna have next week's episode probably about this time uh, covering the uh, week two for the, uh, for yeah. the playoffs. Hype we'll up the finals match. Hype up the EA, yeah, basically. And then finals match, I think, is a week or two weeks after that last one, something like that. The finals are on the 27th. Okay. Yeah, so the finals are the, are the week after. Um, well, so the 27th that, and so, then the 28th Yeah, as so well. at the end of this week, we'll be covering this week's matches, and then next week uh, is going to be it, man. I'm excited. I'm stoked. we got some good Overwatch coming. Uh, I'm excited to see more improvements and see the best of the best play. Um, uh, yeah, as always, um, if anybody has any questions, comments, or concerns, or um, inquiries, or uh, blunderous assaults on our demeanor uh, that they would like to poise at us, um, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, uh, for social media. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. Um, I barely get on the Facebook because Facebook sucks. Yeah, but, um, mainly Twitter. But anyways, uh, feel free to hit us up there if you like. Um, yeah, anything, uh, anything to add, Vox? I forgot what I always say at the end of the show. So I, I... no, <laughs> no, nope. so, we're such an unprofessional podcast. Unprof? Did I say that right? Unprofessional? Is that how you say it? 
Yeah. I felt like saying in professional for some odd reason. I don't know. Well, no, unprofessional. It's, un- it's unprofessional. Well, what? unprofessional is like a, a thing you do. I don't know if you can be an unprofessional. <laughs> you could be a professional, but I'm not sure. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, you are an unprofessional. You are or, an unprofessional. You are unprofessional. You are in professional. I don't know. You're an unprofessional. All right. We're, we're, we're heading out here. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you guys on the next episode. Bye-bye. Later. <laughs> Thank you.